being a white male, how did you get, did you get any blowback from your people? Oh, man. I mean, can I get real about it? Man, get real about <laughs> it. Shift the culture. Man. Oh, geez. I, I was called a, I'm just going to say an in lover. Are you hearing what I'm saying? It's okay when we're talking about killing each other. It's okay when we talk about disrespecting our women. It's okay. But when we start doing some positive rap, don't nobody want to produce that. Welcome to the Shift the Culture podcast. I'm your host, Marcus, in the morning, where we talk to people in and around our community that are making a difference in the lives of other people. We call that shifting the culture. I had to reach out to a person who I, I, I already um, look to to do things like change events, change lives, bring positive vibes to people, a.k.a. shift the culture on the phone with me right now. My brother, uh, Trey Nine. How you doing, sir? What's up, Marcus? Man. Pleasure to be on with you, man. Thank uh, you so much for thinking of me. <laughs> uh, not a problem, man. You're a staple in the community. A lot of people know you and, and follow you on social media. But for this moment right now, there may be somebody out that don't know you and your mission and your heart. Uh, introduce yourself. Well, my name is Trey Nine. Uh, real name, Bobby Herring. I've been uh, in the city of Houston all my life, born and raised here. Uh, when I gave my life to Christ at the age of 18, uh, I totally went all in with God. And because I was uh, in, just into hip hop culture, um, I was rapping for, for the world. I began to shift my lyrics to representing Christ. And so I've been representing Christ on the mic since 1996 and uh, started a record label shortly thereafter and released 18 records through Much Love Records. Um, and then in 2008, started a nonprofit organization called Eyes on Me, Inc., which uh, still works in the city of Houston today um, in various neighborhoods. Absolutely love that, man. For my CHH Christian hip hop people, man, he's one of the early pioneers and definitely out of our region right now. Uh, saluted for the work that he's done, man. Um, I want to dive into to your nonprofit, man. When you, you were doing your thing in CHH, man, when you said you started that nonprofit, what made your heart go, okay, this music is cool, but I could do more. Why this nonprofit? Just to be honest, uh, you know, early stages of Christian hip hop, it was rejected overall by the church and, of course, by the world. And so, you know, there was a few of us that had to push through that, you know, that barrier. And um, if we look at Christian hip hop today, it's widely accepted. Um, and so for me, in 2008, I think God said, you know, you've done your part to get Christian hip hop embraced by the church. And of course, um, you know, seen progress of Lecrae crossing over and things like that. And so I had this burden on my heart to take hip hop and, and, and use, use it as a ministry force within communities versus just rapping performing a concert and leaving. Right. And so I began, I began this journey of discipleship using, you know, hip hop methods and practices and tools. And in other words, keeping, uh, keeping Christianity relevant and hip hop was that vehicle to do it. And so I didn't really know what it would look like or anything like that, but I had this idea to do a weekly um, service that was that looked like a production yeah. where you had a DJ, a MC, a host, and you would present the gospel at the end 
of, of, of this production, and then you would feed everybody. And that was how the first Hip Hop Hope was launched in wow. Fifth Ward in 2008. Wow. And so in 2008, it launched it all before you knew it over time. Within four years, Hip Hop Hope was in uh, 12 different locations across the city. And then I began thinking, okay, where do these people attend a church gathering at? And right. then we started planting churches in those same neighborhoods. Absolutely love that, man. Love your heart, man. Hip Hop Hope, if you guys haven't heard of it, you just heard the the, the skim, the top of it, man. Do your research on it. Um, it's so many people, uh, lives have been changed on it and definitely being a part of it, man. When I, and, I, and I actually uh, saw it with my own eyes and being a part of it, man. We go into the neighborhoods that need to be gone into uh, boldly, unashamedly, unashamedly and uh, just doing what, what the Holy Spirit says. So salute to you for that, man. Um, fast forward, man. And because you've been doing this a lot and, and we're talking shift the culture, shifting the culture, making a difference. Fast forward 2020. It's been a it's been a a doozy, right? 2020 has been a doozy for a lot of us. You and I are are, are different color skins where we're brother and brothers in Christ, man. Um, you did something that went viral, man. The news got behind it. Um, this is right after the George Floyd and the protesting and it. And man, describe what you did and just reenact the whole thing for us. Wow. Well, you know, in res after after the George Floyd um, death, it was it, there was obviously a need for some leadership uh, in the evangelical community, and because of just the blessing that God had given uh, me and eyes on me to be able to work in predominantly black communities for uh, eleven years, I knew that we had to do something. We had to step up instead of looking around for someone else to step up. And, you know, the first thing that came to my mind was Second Chronicles 714, you know, that if my people were called by my name would humble themselves, pray, seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, then I would heal their land. And so let's pray. And that was the first thing. I, there were protests going on, and many Christians didn't want to get involved in protests just because of what they were seeing on TV about how violent they could be and some of the hate rhetoric that would be posted on signs and things like that. And so we came up with the idea of doing a pray test where we would go out and pray in March and pray in March in communities that are impacted by social injustice um, and a lot of the oppressive um, things that we see in, in society. And so we started pray test. The first one that we did was in Third Ward, where George Floyd used to live on the basketball court. And as we prayed in our circle, we had 20 key prayers that we had certain people pray in the circle. And it was raining, it was pouring, the thunder, we could hear the thunder, and we were like, wow, we had to shout. Uh, I didn't know that would turn out to be something good. Uh, I think God uh -huh. intentionally did that, because after the prayer, I just felt a burden on my spirit to ask, my African-American brothers and sisters to get on one side of the court and my white brothers and sisters and brown brothers and sisters to get on the other side of the court. And at that point I asked God, just tell me what to say. So I looked at my, 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 my white brothers and sisters and I said, we uh, have got to tend to our, um, to the black community because they're hurting right now. And there's some things that maybe we didn't understand or we hadn't been vocal about or we just stood by idle and didn't use our mouth 
to speak up. And for that, we need to uh, apologize. And then I even went as far as to say when Colin Kaepernick took a knee um, for, you know, the police uh, brutality uh, injustice that we we've seen with officers not getting charged for crimes. Right. I said, we, we, we got offended. And so I got offended uh, because he, we we took it as disrespect towards the flag, mm. but, but, but today we're going to take a knee in solidarity um, in humility uh, to, to the black community and, and ask for their forgiveness, not only for our present lack of involvement, but, past sins that our, our forefathers had committed. And, you know, that was all God. I had not planned that. Um, I know the controversy surrounding that, but we did it. And then after we were done, uh, Pastor Johnny Gentry um, said, do we, we forgive them? And then everybody said, we forgive you. And then Johnny said, now let's take a knee. And they took a knee mm. and said, please forgive us of maybe harboring bitterness and unforgiveness. Mm-hmm. And, and and maybe for showing a lack of um, uh, leadership tending to our own community. And it was this beautiful moment where the rain was pouring um, and and, and it, was, it was captured because a news station was there. We were in tears on both sides of the spectrum. And from that, it just launched protests all over the city, even in uh, Fort Myers, Florida, it, it went it went everywhere. But the video went viral in China, Indonesia. I mean, uh, uh, um, just very all across the world it went viral. I'd say that video has 40 million views, <sighs> both positive and negative, because some people took parts of the video and, and just said, oh, white people bound down to black people and they made it a bad thing. Right. But for the most part, we saw healing from it that still spills over to this day. It launched a movement called Globe, which we're we're in the planning stages of global leaders organized to bring empowerment, which means um, bringing healing, bringing equality, uh, bringing unity uh, amongst the the Christian evangelical community in order to empower the black community. So, for the first time in my life, we're seeing white evangelicals step up to the plate, saying. We're going to do something about this now, and we're going to we're going to unify. We're going to organize, so we don't have to be led by the world, but we as the church can lead the world towards racial uh, reconciliation, equal treatment, equal rights, and justice under the law, and and that's what happened. Man, absolutely love that. I, I I'm actually getting I teared up a little bit just hearing the story again I remember when I first saw it and I was like man that's my God it's my brother and I'm not uh, surprised that he God is moving in his world uh, to do that and, and in the season that we're in being a white male how did you get did you get any blowback from your people oh man I mean can I get real about it man get real about <laughs> it shift the culture man, oh geez I, I was called a I'm just gonna say an in lover man I was I was I was told I was a race traitor. Man. Um, so obviously these were 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 racist saying this, um, and so I, I lost some financial supporters of our ministry that stepped back and, wow. and said we 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 don't agree with this. Wow. I mean, it, it yeah, it still affects us today. However, you know when you when you believe that it's a God thing and God moved on your spirit and God wants you to step up and say something about injustice. And God wants you to um, help lift the oppression off of your brothers and sisters. 
um, then I, I'll go to the grave for that. Like, I'm not going to let financial support, um, partnerships with, with organizations or churches or people stop me from doing something that is righteous and that, 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 that is a just cause. So the blowback, I just felt like, you know, people calling, calling uh, me these names or all of us who were representative of those names um, and, and the loss of support uh, financially and um, these partnerships, I feel like it was worth it. They shouldn't really be supporting us today anyway, if that's the way that they feel, because racism has no place in the body of Christ. Uh, discrimination, you know, those biases, it has no place in the body of Christ. We are one in Christ. We are unified in Christ. And that's what the Bible promotes. And that is textbook definition of shifting the culture. You're going out and doing, having those rough conversations, those hard conversations, and uh, being a forefront of a movement that, frankly, needs to be moved. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, I, got, I, I got to say this, that um, leading, uh, then we started doing these uh, Zoom calls. This is exactly what I wanted to talk about. Yeah. What was the White name of that? So it was called What White People Need to Know. And yeah. it led to a part one, part two, and part three that's on YouTube, um, Hip Hop Hope Missions channel. But we had white evangelical, um, predominantly pastors, leaders on the phone. And the, the, the heart was we want to know what we need to know because there's a lot of confusion as to what the black community is saying because you have all these voices. You got Black Lives Matter, the organization, you know, you have um, black evangelicals and, and you hear mixed messages. And so we said, let's open the dialogue. And I just facilitated the dialogue to make sure it, it remained civil. And man, it, it went beyond civil. Like I said, it launched this whole movement called Globe um, to where now we have a vision that no person living in the USA would be judged by the color of their skin. But by the content of their character. And, and so our mission, you know, is, is, is now uh, launching to where I think when something happens that's, uh, you can see is obviously um, biased, prejudiced, racist towards the black community, instead of saying, where do we go? Uh, what organization? Who do we jump on with? Who do we... Well, GLOBE will be that organization that evangelicals of all ethnicities can take action with, and we will be proactive year-round. So we will be launching a website soon where people can come and get on board, just like when you look at Black Lives Matter, the movement, which many evangelicals don't agree with some of their principles. Right. Um, we will have a movement uh, that is Christ-centered, that you can you know, get on board with, and, and it will be something evangelicals will agree with. Um, because of how it how it will be boots on the ground, which is what we already have in in black communities. Um, but you can you can be on a strategy team, you could be on a research team, you yeah. could be on an education team, you know, and all these different teams that that fit your your passion. Man, absolutely, globe global leaders bringing no global leaders organized bringing empowerment. That's right. Absolutely. Love that, man. And I, I'm thanking God for for people like you. And I'm thanking God for people uh, uh, putting putting this mission onto your shoulders, uh, shifting the culture, bro. Uh, what else you got going on uh, coming up or just past and things that you want to continue to do um, through the rest of this year and into next year? Well, I think that um, my 
because of COVID-19, we, we've shut down our outreaches and those intentional gatherings. Um, and, and so we're feeding as many people as we can in, uh, in our communities, which, which are uh, Fifth, uh, Fifth Ward, Sunnyside, Forum Park, Brookshire, Texas, and Greenspoint, um, along with feeding people to start in because some people aren't working and don't have the finances they need, um, we've begun uh, to go deeper in discipleship. And so we've been assigning goals coaches mm. um, to those who have, who have been either saved through the ministry or discipled through the ministry. And these goals coaches are executives, you know, people in the professional field that will coach them in the area of finance career and family um, planning. And so you think of a, of an individual who maybe has never made a budget. Well, we have a coach that's going to help them to financially plan the course of their life, as well as, you know, someone wanting to level up in their career, this coach will help them take steps uh, to level up in their career. Or if it's family issues, even some of the dudes from prison who are behind on child support or, or, or they just don't know how to catch up, on, on some of their financial uh, responsibilities with their family, their kids, uh, and there's so many other family issues, even making a will. Um, we have these ghost coaches who are signing up to come alongside them as we disciple them. And so we're going deeper in that program. We're starting to uh, disciple more people using the ghost coaching program. On top of that, we plan on uh, continuing to plant more churches in the neighborhoods we serve. These are simple, organic churches that meet house to house, apartment to apartment. Um, we are looking forward to taking more youth to camp. Uh, last week we took uh, about 25 youth to camp. And it's awesome when these kids get to get out of their neighborhoods and just experience freedom, going out on the lake, out on the boat, going skiing, yeah. uh, being able to ride horses and all these things. Um, I'm, I mean, we're not, we're not stopping, you know, because if we're going to make a difference in this world, we know Jesus is going to return. If, if we're not going to do it by just sitting and talking or nope. just sitting in a pew listening to a sermon, right. if, if we're going to shift the culture, we have to shift the paradigm of what people see as Christianity. Yeah. We're making a, a, a documentary right now called Hip Hop Hope that will show Christians um, who are in communities risking their lives, putting their, uh, you know, their comfort on the line as well. And walking alongside of people who really haven't had a shot to level up, to be empowered. And so the documentary will be called Hip Hop Hope. Um, it's also going to show how hip hop is in, engaging, impacting, influencing communities because no one shows that side of hip hop. Uh, and so I think if we're going to shift the culture, we need to shift the paradigm of how people see us because we, we're currently viewed as people that just go in a church um, come out judgmental, right. political, right. Uh, you know, and traditional and shifting the culture. It's going to require showing people through media, through uh, media messaging, uh, through documentaries, through films, showing them how we, we really get down. And that's just a few things we're working on right now. Absolutely, man. And, and going back to that point earlier in, in this conversation, man, I'm praying right now that the loss of the financial support that you had for what you did for God. I'm praying right now that that is restored. I'm praying right now that somebody in this uh, interview listening to this conversation has a heart and can reach out to you. How can people reach out to you if they want to be a part of this movement? Yeah, well, you can go to our website. It's eyesonme.com. 
imc.com eyes on me imc.com if you're on social media you can just uh, look up at eyes on me inc and everything you need to know is there every opportunity to volunteer and serve with us you can fill out an application we run background checks just to make sure you know everyone's safe <laughs> um right. And you can also give there if you'd like. Yo, what's up? This is Trey Nan, the founder of Eyes on Me, Inc. And I shift the culture.